0: Hello and welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate. I'm Lance, and this is...
1: I am Stephanie Howe.
0: And in this episode, we're going to be discussing Google for special populations. So, Stephanie, I know you work daily with teachers and helping them with integration or technology integration in the classroom. Uh, How are you seeing uh, Google used to help with some of our special populations?
1: Um, So, I actually started in the classroom as an intervention specialist, Um, So this is kind of close to my heart, helping those students with special needs. Um, And our guest today, I know it's very close to his heart too. And I definitely think technology has the ability to help this population of students in powerful ways and to empower these students. And they can use technology in order to help them with daily life skills. Um, Some things that we take for advantage, like spell check, is very valuable for these students they need it in order to spell certain words or the dictionary. They might need that visual to see a word where typical students might just kind of take that for advantage, but these students really need that in order to understand the content that they're learning.
0: You know, and I think that's a good point, Stephanie. Uh, You know, I'm thinking uh, word predictions, things like that. Uh, You know, getting sentences started, getting thoughts on paper. Uh, A lot of times, uh, if you can get just a kickstart there, Uh, will be helpful. And and as most of you know, my my background is in mathematics, Uh, you know, and I feel like that sometimes this rote memorization we get in, you know, you have to memorize your multiplication tables, you have to, uh, you have to memorize all these certain rules and things like that. I think they're important. But you know, sometimes uh, students with our special populations, they run into those walls. And let's face it, where do any of us go anymore without our phones that have calculators and things like that on them? So, so many different tools that, that Google is, is helping us with uh, to help our students with special populations. Uh, we've got a special guest on today. Uh, we have Kyle Gechelian. Uh He is a education associate with Baltimore City Schools. He spent uh, his last eight years teaching at Northwestern uh, High School. In his first four years, he taught AP Biology concurrently with electives and then spent the next four years in special education teaching and in a self-contained class with students with autism and significant cognic- cognitive disability. Kyle is a graduate of Townsend University where he earned both a Bachelor's of Science and a Master's of Science degree in biology and he's also earned a Master's of Arts in the teaching at, from John Hopkins University. Kyle is also a Google Certified Educator Level 1, Level 2, a Google certified trainer and a Google certified innovator. So he's ran the whole gamut there at Google. So Kyle, uh, we know that you're a specialist in this area. We're glad to have you on today. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So in Baltimore City Public Schools,
2: I work for our office of special education. And what I do is implement research-based technologies to benefit our students with disabilities and also train teachers on how to integrate technology into their lessons so they can meet those IEP goals and objectives.
0: So, and, you know, I was working, I was working with Kyle the other day. Kyle, obviously, as I said, he's, he's kind of the expert when it comes to special populations like this. And I've got a friend who is uh, got a son who is nonverbal autistic and Kyle had shared with me a Google slides presentation that she's been able to, to use. Uh, we're probably going to link that here in the show notes. So, so Kyle, what, what made you think to, to make that and to bring that about?
2: there's just so many resources out there that a lot of people don't know about that exist. And there's a multitude of apps and extensions made for accessibility. And it's really about just figuring out, having that in the back of your mind. Well, I've got uh, ABC and then you have to just pretty much know when to play that for that specific student. So, you know, I gave you a bunch of resources to take a look at to determine whether or not it would be useful because sometimes, uh, one thing that you use will be great for one student and you think it's going to be phenomenal for everyone. And it just doesn't work. So you really need to focus on the individual abilities of that child. And really it's about going in and experimenting. You know, it's kind of associated with the the Google for education certified innovator program where you just need to not think and do and do quickly and fail fast. Uh, And then one thing, Maybe the most beneficial thing for that child. And you, another one you might have to go through maybe 10 or think of different strategies or even hack something uh, so that they can use the technology to benefit them.
1: Kyle, what is your favorite app or extension?
2: So right now my favorite, probably the, the, the hardware itself is the, the Chromebook. Lately they've been improving the accessibility features on the Chromebook itself so that you don't have to rely on the apps or extensions. Um, those features are really robust that that not a lot of people are exploring. So for instance, um, I Like the the click to speak so when you go on the right-hand side of a Chromebook and you click on the accessibility icon you can do select to speak and If the child can use the the keys and the the trackpad to highlight in pink the, the words to speak I think that's just amazing um I also like the on-screen keyboard because you can also use stylus. And not a lot of teachers, like, I don't think they incorporate the stylus as much as they, they could because it teaches handwriting for the kids. And you can do, like, uh, Lance, I know that you use Kami a lot. You can use, use that for PDFs, but you can also use handwriting on the on-screen keyboard that you can pick up so that the students can write instead of typing if they're not used to, if they can't handle a keyboard.
0: Kyle, uh, some of your students that maybe you worked with, uh, do, do any of them have fine motor skill issues, things like that?
2: Yes, so one of the, I, every two weeks I did a PD at a school for students. Um, this, is, this is a public separate day school, so if you have um, really, uh, really, Your disability prevents you from being at a general ed school with a specific program you would go here and the art teacher came up to me and said you know i have a student with motor skill issues she can do art but she just can't handle a paintbrush and so we kind of have i have one of the teachers or ed associates on our team he has a 3d printers um and what they have is I asked him, can you print something up like a handle? So he printed up a handle that held the the paintbrush so the student wouldn't have to have that fine motor skill. And wow, she just took off. The teacher was just so uh, thankful that finally someone came through with uh, an accommodation for that student where she doesn't have to worry about that motor skill and holding that paintbrush. It's easier in her hand, and she can just focus on
0: the art. And I think that's really cool. You know, you're know, you mentioning something that was made you know, and designed with a computer, but, but now it's a physical thing that the student is using every day to aid her in the classroom. So, so I think that one of the big things we're looking at here is how can we take these things, because as you said, it's not a one-size-fits-all issue. You've got to jump in there for each student. You've got to figure out What's the, you know, what's the issue? What might be the things that might fix the issue? And then go through that gamut and see what happens. I think a lot of times we're just afraid to fail and therefore we never start the process. And I
1: think because of us afraid to fail, the students are afraid to fail.
0: We met Kyle at the um, Sydney uh, Innovator Program. Uh, Kyle, your uh, your story, as many of the other stories there, uh, it inspired us, Stephanie and I, And, uh, so we would like for you to, uh, to just tell, tell the world here, what's your innovator project? How's it going? Uh, and and what you saw while you were there.
2: So my innovator project is I'm writing a book, um, with some curriculum and some lessons for it's called the thus far, it's called in my change called the accessible makerspace. So that kind of relates back to the, the one school where we made the handle for the paintbrush is that we would like to create, I would like to have available for people across the nation, how they can make their makerspaces accessible for special populations so that they can get attain job skills um, so to increase their competitive employment. And right now I've drafted kind of an outline of what I wanna write and I've, I've started writing. Eventually it's gonna to have to be all edited, but I'd also like to incorporate lesson plans where it demonstrates and how you work with this specific population of students because, you know, you use, there's this in North, the university of North Carolina school of medicine has teach T E A C C H. And there's also applied behavior analysis, ABA. I'm sure Stephanie's familiar with this kind of stuff and it shows you the, how to run a lesson one-on-one with a child with significant cognitive disabilities so that they can attain the skill, and actually normalize it. So for example, uh, I would always teach money. So we take that a lot of people take that for granted. And it's a really abstract concept if you really break it down when you make purchases. So you can have that one on one lesson, the child can learn how to purchase and use money like a like a champ in the classroom. And wow, you kind of really hold your breath when you take them out on the field trip, and they want to just buy lunch, kind of sit there and you're wondering, can they work with Someone they 're unfamiliar with in a novel environment, and can they add a, can they purchase that item perfectly, accept the change and understand how much change they should receive back and not be ripped off because you know in our popul- outside you know the world can be a, a difficult place, and we want our students to be as successful as possible once they leave school and that 's also part of the, the makerspace and once in Sydney, it was kind of like they just throw you out there. They don't want you to think. They don't want you to overplan. They just want you to get in there, rapidly prototype. And they also have a, a book they recommended called Creative Confidence. And it has amazing examples of what you can achieve when you just do it. So, for instance, some, uh, I think they had one example. One story was a, a radio producer in New York city, his mom had difficulty getting, didn't know when the next bus was coming to New York. So his mom was taking the buses to get around town. Um, she didn't know when the next bus was coming and wanted to know. And within a day, he cre- he used a hack of the, the website and uh, he bought a 1-800 number. And somehow within a day, he was able to get his mom to call a phone number Put in the stop that she was at, and see when the bus was would arrive from the, the the previous stop. So basically, you know, you just have to get in there and start making something. Because if you don't, you'll plan. You could have the greatest plan in the world, but if you haven't tested it, you if you haven't experimented with it, um, you could spend a whole year working on something and and fall flat on your face. I think there's a one of the most famous examples that came from this book was that these two guys who were computer science majors at Stanford, they made Pulse News uh, for the iPad. And they kind of were told they had like 10 days to do it when, in fact, their professor was going to give them six months. And I think they were bought by LinkedIn for, for an obscene amount of money, like $90 million. And it was just created out of pure an idea that had to be done in like 10 days or a day or two.
1: And at the Academy, they brought us back to the user constantly, which really helped me because I'm one that kind of focuses on myself. And so reminding myself of that user um, really helped me focus in on my project.
2: And they, yeah, they thought about like, and it's tough because we always want to do that, right? We, we think what's best for this population. And then sometimes you just got to take a seat back. You have to sit, in the back of a corner and just watch. So like uh, Google had a great program, uh, Transform Your Learning Space, where they gave away two Jamboards, I think uh, just for the fee of hooking it up to G Suite. And I was able to purchase two of them. Uh, One of them I sent to uh, another school, another public uh, separate day school, and our teacher just wanted to, to roll with it. And the only thing I did was, you know, she took it upon herself uh, and how to best integrate it with her students. And I kind of just sat back and watched. And uh, when I came, I'm actually, I'm traveling right now. so. But when I get back, her artwork that she did with those students um, is displayed at our, at our district headquarters. And that's another great uh, app that's available is if anyone... Uh, once you use jamboard it's great because it's got auto draw so now our students can draw something that they think um you know they might be trying to draw a shark and they can't but the program you know if you've ever used it creates a a really neat icon of a shark so the students can express themselves and not get frustrated and start creating art instead of um you know having a, a like we said, they get frustrated when they can't do something. And now that provides them the confidence when they're creating things that they want to create and it decreases those barriers to just getting to like a a simple art lesson. So that's one of the great things and you don't have to have the hardware um, to use Jamboard. You can use it in an Android app, you can use it on the web now. So it's a really beneficial tool for not just special populations, but I think for everyone.
0: Awesome, now, uh, special populations, that's something that we all, in all school districts, we have to to deal with. Hopefully, uh, we've uh, said something today, or, or Kyle, our expert here, has brought something out that will uh, inspire you to, uh, to go and do a little research and, and look at our show notes, maybe, and, and find some ways so that you can uh, reach those uh, special populations that are in your school district. At this time, we're gonna move into our next, uh, section of our show uh, and we're going to share our favorite uh memes and we've got some pretty neat ones for this week so kyle go ahead and share with us uh your favorite meme for the week uh so it's kind of like uh a procrastinator it's like assignment
2: due at 12 p.m and it's eleven fifty-nine a.m according to the to the time and awesome power goes i too like to live dangerously so i really enjoy uh that those kinds of memes where uh the awesome powers one. There's also one where it says, I see you also like to do math and pen. So you like to live dangerously that kind of stuff. Um, you know, those everyday things that we do at the last minute or we procrastinate. Um, it's funny that we have those kinds of idiosyncrasies where we know we need to get something done and we just love to leave it to the last minute and hope everything goes well. And, uh, Sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes you don't. And that's kind so, of like, you know, those are a lot, of, that's, and that's a lot like teaching because there's a lot of things that you didn't think about at the last p- moment that you, you need to get done. And then you kind of just, you organize yourself and you build a system so that those don't occur any longer. And that was uh, in at least in my teaching career, there was always something at the last minute that I had planned for that didn't go right like for instance uh, maybe the copier wasn't working that day or frequently I had the internet go down. I think we've all had that issue where you, you put up a, a presentation that you had based on the cloud or or something didn't work and now you had to just you had to do your lesson without having that digital resource behind you you had to wing it
1: yep so this whole week we gave Kyle kind of a hard time. Uh, Because he took a while to get his show notes done. Um, I'm very type A. I do not wait until the last minute very often. I don't know if I've ever waited until the last minute. Um, If I have, like, a day left, I start freaking out. Um, So my meme is I'm sending a follow-up email to make sure you receive my initial email. So I'm the type of person that will... Okay, here's my email, I'm gonna send another email to make sure you got it. So I think for Kyle, I sent an email and then I had to send him a chat. Hey, did you get my email? And so we're just giving Kyle a hard time this week, but I am definitely type A, I would say. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I think all of our memes kind of follow a theme here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stephanie is always very list-driven too, such as and my wife is also, and and I'm not a list type of person. So uh, the, the picture that I've got in mind is actually from an old TV show called F Troop. Uh, and if you've ever watched F Troop, I kind of feel like that uh, our little group that we've got here today is, is like F Troop. We're, we're kind of uh, all fun and not for sure which direction we're going, but in the end it all just kind of works out by by sheer luck. Uh, they, they probably disagree with me, but but mine is list. We don't need no stinking list. So no, we it's, do. Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not for <laughs> you sure. We get
1: nothing done.
0: Kyle, <laughs> do you think we need a list here?
2: I think a, a list. So I got to say that when I do use a list, everything is a lot more easier for me.
0: A lot more easier. Okay.
2: All right. Take Stephanie's side. That's okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. See, lists are
1: for the win.
0: Yes. Lists for the
2: win, yet somehow I just don't make a list.
1: <laughs> I can make the list for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's why we need people like you, Stephanie. Yeah,
1: for my on. Google Innovator project, I have a huge list of like, I need to do this, need to do that, need to do this, and then I highlight it as I do it, and I feel accomplished as I finish those tasks.
2: Although, I do, I do have a list for ISTE that's
0: coming up, and you guys have both seen it, I think. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? I have a list, too. It's called, I copied your list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so we are going to be talking about an innovating idea that we have for tomorrow that you can use in your classroom tomorrow. So this is a quick idea that doesn't take too much planning time, and you can implement it right away. So Kyle, what is your tip for tomorrow?
2: I developed a a Google sheet for special education where you can just use the checkbox feature and what it does is it calculates percentages for taking discrete trials to see if you're on progress with a student's IEP goals and objectives. It calculates like the first date you did the trial, the current score, average, latest, uh, how many times the student was not compliant because sometimes we know that kids get distracted, the number of times the student was absent to demonstrate well, we're not making progress because uh, student A missed this amount of time out of the classroom. itself. It does dynamic graphing, so the graphs change automatically. You don't have to touch it. All you have to do is go in and press the checkbox, and you can also use, you can link it to Autocrat, and it'll create automatically an IEP report based on uh, when you want to run the trigger. Also, uh, eCare Vault that's a a company that does like related services, for instance, uh, psychologist notes, uh, OT, PT for special education students. Uh, They're kind of, they took my idea and they're developing it onto their their website and their app. So that maybe in the future, if a school district really wanted to have something more robust than just a Google sheet and wanted to have something more uh, developed, that would be a company to look out for. Um, but anyone who's interested, they can contact me and I can give them a copy of the sheet and they can utilize it to benefit their, their kids needs.
1: I do like this Google sheet, I could see a lot of my spec ed teachers using this because tracking data is a pain um, for them. And so could they just make a copy of this sheet and then edit certain things? Or is it better to just contact you?
2: Uh, It's probably better to contact me so that I can kind of adjust. Some people, uh, they they want five trials. They want just three trials. And the way the checkboxes are set up with the formulas in the background, you kind of have to, if they're they're well-versed in Google Sheets, they could be able to do it. Uh, I could help, but usually I can get that done in like under five minutes.
1: We might be setting up a professional development with you. Um, So my idea for the week is... I found this on Twitter by Eric Kurtz. Um, He was asking for different newsletters that people had, um, and he just had, there's just tons of different resources on there, so I thought I would share with the podcast just different templates that teachers use. Well, I sent out a newsletter just that has tips and tricks, um, and so I was just looking at some of them on the Twitter post that Eric Kurtz sent out, and I was gonna steal some of their ideas and designs, so.
0: So the one that I decided to share for this week uh, is Book Creator. So we were talking about creating and making things. Uh, Book Creator is an app uh, that I I share in a lot of uh, my professional developments because all students like to create. Obviously, you got Minecraft and and you got um, Fortnite that all these kids are playing. They all say they want to be YouTube bloggers, things like that. Um, So students like to create Uh, and want to be an author. So Book Creator gives them the platform so they can do that. Uh, And then uh, actually I authored a book uh, that has just been released. It's called uh, 13 uh, Math Books or Math Projects that you can do with Book Creator. So we've got a link to that here in the show notes uh, that you can go and look at.
1: Um, and then something that we learned this week. So we're just going to go quickly over something that we learned this week that was just quick, easy to use. Um, you could use it in the classroom, or maybe it was just a fact that we learned. So Kyle, what did you learn this week?
2: I learned from Chris uh, Betcher from Google. He was out there in Australia. Uh, how ro- like how robust the design thing like you can use for graphic design is Google Slides. And then you can add on Autocrat to your Google Slides and create magnificent certificates. So whether you're giving an award out to a student or if you're creating professional development and you want to provide your teachers once they complete the, the training to have a certificate, you can make it super easy, quick, and professional looking just using Google Slides.
1: So what I learned this week is Tom Mullaney, um, he was watching one of my videos and I was having issues with something. And he is amazing. If you do not know him, follow him on Twitter. Um, He's just a resource and he's got so many great ideas. And he showed me how to create a default YouTube description. So every time my YouTube video plays, I can have the same link on all my videos in YouTube show up. So I could have like my signature and my email. So that way people could email me if they have additional questions and I don't need to do that for every single video. It just automatically does it for every single video. So I attached the YouTube video that he made of showing how to do it. It takes like five seconds to create. So I thought that was really awesome and helpful for those of you that create tons of videos and you don't want to keep putting your information or the same description on every single video.
0: And the thing that I learned this week was originally when we were trying to share information across the district, uh, we were creating you know shared folders and putting you know materials things like that in there uh, or we were creating Google classrooms and putting people in there to, to share with that uh, But what what we found out was it's a lot easier now just to create a Google site and um, you know, with the new Google sites it's so easy for for teachers to be able to, uh, embed uh, documents and, and share things and, and you can share just within uh, your system so that only those people can see it or if you want to open it up for the public to, to look at it you can do that so I put a quick example here in the show notes of a Google site that we are currently creating uh, with a group of 9 through 12 English teachers just so that we can keep everybody kind of on the same page and everybody knows what everybody's doing Uh, in the district because we have a lot of kids that are transit that move from school to school so we kind of want to keep them around the same times in the same places so google sites uh, i really think that anybody can can now build a google site they've made it that easy and i think it's just a good way to get information to everybody
1: and then kyle brought up a really good point in the show notes that i think we should bring up so if there's a company or somebody listening they should create this so kyle do you want to share your idea for chromebooks
2: Absolutely. So there's if you uh, if you're kind of a nerd like me, I kind of look through this. So Chrome OS is kind of open source, it's an open source operating system, and then you can look in uh, the Chromium notes how the what kind of functions they're kind of adding to Chrome OS, and one of them is the ability for a fingerprint sensor, and if you look at the Pixel Slate, the Google <laughs> Pixel. Sl- I think it's called the Google Pixel Slate. It's the uh, Chromebook tablet that they released last year that's premium and it's got a fingerprint sensor. So embedded within Chrome OS is the ability to use your fingerprint to unlock or to log, log on to your Chromebook. And so for our students with significant cognitive disabilities, it kind of it takes a long time for them to log on to a Chromebook to remember a password that's worthy of being a password you know you just can't say one two three four five and just give it to a student because it's easy for them they they also need to practice the same kind of uh measure uh, security measures that every student does and a fingerprint sensor would allow them to log on to the chromebook super quick and get to what they need to do and so i think that ability exists and you would be able to um, add it onto a Chromebook via USB, and the kids could utilize that. Or maybe, maybe probably a few years down the road, we'll have Chromebooks that have that sensor, that fingerprint sensor, on it for the kids, rather than um, what we have now. So that would be a great resource or for accessi- accessibility reasons for our students.
0: Well, I want to thank Kyle for uh, coming on and being with us today. Uh, it's always good to bring experts from the field in uh, to inspire us all. So hopefully Kyle has said something today to inspire you to go out into your classroom and be innovative and uh, reach all your students. So this is, this is about all uh, students. So Kyle, how can our listeners uh, get in contact with you if, if they need you? So I, I
2: just began using Twitter, I think a year ago. So my uh, handle on Twitter is at Gatch, that's G as in George, A, T as in Tom, C-H two six K. That's how you can get me on, that's my Twitter handle. And my email address, you can reach me at KM Gatchalian, that's G as in George, A, T as in Tom, C-H-A L-I A-N at citywideprograms.org is my email. Or you can just type my name into the, we have the Google for education uh, directory that you can look up people's names and you can find my information there too. All right. And I'm sure
0: we'll, we'll have all that in the show notes too for you. If you you need to get in touch with Kyle.
1: So thank you for listening to get inspired and innovate. Um, We hope you enjoyed this episode again. If you need to check the show notes or, to get more information on how to follow uh, Lance or myself, you can get onto our webpage. It is getinspiredandinnovate.com. Again, it's getinspiredandinnovate.com. And you can go to podcast and you can look at the show notes there. And you can also go to the about page and you can find out how to follow Lance and myself. Um, If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us.